Hello, everyone, and welcome to the August 2nd, 2018 edition of Weekly Manga Recap. I'm Nick, here alongside Chris. We're going to talk about manga today. We're talking about manga? Manga. Are we going to manga? Are we going to be uh, Tom Hardy from the new Venom trailer? Be like, what? Well, you talk about manga, but you're bad at that. <laughs> but, but you, you, you suck. <laughs> We we gotta we gotta stop kill Spider Man. Although I will give them credit, I would never have expected that he was also doing the voice of Venom. I don't know. <laughs> it actually sounds really cool. I, I, I they just gave me really shitty lines to say. I firmly believe Tom <laughs> Hardy. Like the second episode this year, in or in like two months that we spent talking about Venom at the start of the show. <laughs> it's how it be. I firmly believe Tom Hardy agrees to contracts exclusively. Not he doesn't negotiate price. He negotiates how silly of a voice am I allowed to use throughout the movie? And he goes, and they're like, yeah, you can do that. He's like, base salary then. I'm fu- I, I, I could be half Jamaican in this. Sure, Jamaican Jewish. All right, I can't wait for this. Like, All right, uh, Mr. Hardy. Well, uh, we really want the voice of Venom to be, you know, very deep and intimidating. And then we can make him say all sorts of kind of dumb edgelord lines, but it'll sound really cool. All right. But what if I did? a? <laughs> He's like, well, I, I, I can absolutely go alongside that. that. But for the Eddie Brock character, I twins, <laughs> I got to do twice the dumb Cockney accent. <laughs> I I need a cab over here. What's going on, man? <laughs> like, yeah, sure. That's Eddie Brock, right? <laughs> He's in New York. That's in New York. Which which is a better like weird New York voice? Uh, the Tom Hardy version in Venom or the Benedict Cumberbatch version in Doctor Strange? I mean, Doctor Strange just sounds like a an awkward kind of American accent. Well, it well, doesn't sound well, bad to me. Well, so. think to the first trailer that we saw. Was, I don't even remember that. Okay, the first trailer I remember it being like extremely odd of just like. Well, and everyone was also going to be like hmm, Benedict Cumberbatch doing an American accent. Let's see how this turns out. I was like, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, he sounds very slightly kind of awkward. So no. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute! I thought all Brits had the ability to perfectly disguise because when you're like Andrew Lincoln's British. You're like, how is this? He's so good at talking like he's from the South. And then, like, Dominic West from, from The Wire and, and tons. You probably look up your favorite actors right now from, like, your American sitcoms or television shows. 90% of them are probably British. Maybe even more. And yet somehow Ben Cumberbatch, for as versatile as he is, can't do a convincing British I mean, or American accent. My my current favorite sitcom is Brooklyn Nine Nine, and I'm pretty sure all of the main actors in that are from America. Well, well, uh, I, guess, I guess I guess Stephanie Beatrice was not born in America; she was born like Argentina or something like that. But most of them are, at the very least, American citizens. So we're gonna see. I'm gonna look this up. Okay, we're gonna just spend. Are we just gonna like do this? We're gonna transition between different actors and varying degrees of Americanness between them. Exactly. All right. So maybe okay. you've won on this run because the only one who I thought might be British was the the captain. But under power. No. <laughs> Terry Crews, he's super British, you know. <laughs> yeah. Like if you're watching Terry Crews interview, it's just him. Like hello he's like pip pip young gents it's me terry cruz here telling you about the good old power of old spicer he just explodes <laughs> like this anyway. is a weird commercial all right so 
we do have manga to talk about today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might not have expected it when you clicked on this episode of Weekly Manga Recap, but we do have manga to talk about. So uh, I guess that with no further warning, we're just going to jump into it uh, and talk about uncomfortable family reunions uh, and other such things. Happy four-year anniversary, My Hero Academia! Awkward son and dad time. Do you remember how, like, when One Piece had that big anniversary chapter, I think it was, like, chapter 500 ended with them being like, here's Silver Raleigh, the the vice ad, or the, the first mate of Gold Rogers crew, this huge character. What a celebration of this world's lore built up over so long. We get to four years of my character, David Horko. She's like, let's have Endeavor's children confront him about the physical and emotional abuse they've given him throughout the years. So I'm like, I like this. You going for something new. And uh, also something about, uh, you know, the, the, the history of All for One and One for All. Anyway. <laughs> no time for this. <laughs> Let's just jump into it. Um, we start off with the aftermath of the battle between Endeavor and the super special Nomu. By the way, it's uh, chapter number 192, the Todoroki family. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> It's just like a Brady Bunch style thing. <laughs> uh, all, all, all the all the kids show up, and then eventually, and, and then Endeavor shows up, and all of them are like, ah! <laughs> yeah, like every so often they turn to the left and up, and then they look at Endeavor Square, and they just have like violent reactions to it, and it's back to this. He every time he tries to look back down at them, they immediately break eye contact. <laughs> it's like the Waltons, like good night Todoroki, good night Fuji, good night Endeavor, fuck yourself, Dad. <laughs> Uh, it's the aftermath of the battle. Endeavor's got a big old fucking scar on his head. Uh, really badass battle scar. But, yeah, he got fucked up. Um, they managed to save his eye, but, eh, all the way down his face. Uh, I do like this little note here about Mirko. Uh, they just, like, make a little footnote. It's like, she went looking for the League of Villains. <laughs> they really grind my gears! <laughs> I'm assuming I'll have some payoff later on down the line, but yeah, it does seem weird. It's like <laughs> she shows up like 50 chapters later. Didn't you go after the League of Villains? I didn't find any leads. <laughs> <laughs> I punched a lot of people along the way, though. Um, and we pick up uh, with Endeavor being uh, released from the hospital, uh, making his way out of there, and uh, Hawks is walking along with him with his wings having partially grown back. And, uh, you know, Endeavor's like, you didn't have to, you know, come and pick me up and all this, you know, my injuries and all that. You don't have to take responsibility for the fact that I got hurt. So you, it is my own responsibility. The fact that I was, uh, that I was hurting this and, the, and I wasn't strong enough. Uh, and Hawkins is like, huh, okay. Can I use that when I get hurt too? Is it sh- no, no, uh, that's my solemn and cool line. Shut up. Endeavor makes a note about, huh, it's really weird that the Nomu just, like, appeared out of nowhere and targeted us in the middle of the day. And then Hawks is just like, yep, sure is. It's amazing that that happened. God, really, really coincidental. Kind of crazy. Feels like something we shouldn't talk about anymore, though. <laughs> hey, did you catch the mess game last night? Uh, what? <laughs> I hope you didn't. You know, <laughs> so my, my little sister went to go see that game, and she tweeted about it, and I was having fun oh, just kind of watching game. her. The game where the infielder pitched or whatever. The the one where the Mets lost by 24 points. <laughs> well, yeah, because the guy who 
the guy who was pitching is was like is like an outfielder or something yeah. like that. So she went to that game and then later posted her her like reactions to it. And she's actually become like a small time meme off of it now because people are just retweeting the depressed Mets girl who stayed through the whole game on her birthday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I'm glad well, I became Mets. a football fan. I, I do not want to be cursed like, with this that's family's Mets luck. fans for you. <laughs> I was like, I do not want to be cursed with this family's luck in baseball. Ugh. Uh Hawks basically kind of passes the whole thing. I'm just like, oh, you know, we're the top two heroes. You know, of course, if we walk around near the station, we're going to draw a lot of attention that way. He probably just jumped on the opportunity, although he knows to himself, like, which was kind of by design on my part. But shh, don't tell, don't tell him. Uh, and, uh, you know, he basically throws out, you know, it's like, oh, you know, rumors about Nomu might have just been actually in order to draw heroes there. Maybe they were waiting for us and, and stuff like that. Um, there's a kind of a, an awkward little moment where Endeavor says like, well, well, while we're after these guys, we'll need to cooperate to deal with such a high level threat. And Ox's like, Oh, you don't, I didn't know you cared about me. He's like, no, no, I will burn you alive. And I will actually do it because let's not brush under the rug. The fact that I have violent abusive tendencies and firepowers. They part ways um, at a station, I think, of some sort. Uh, and Hawks is kind of left to think to himself about his I am super awesome backstory. Um, first, he thinks of, too, you know, the meeting he had with uh, his agency where they suggested, hey, you know, you should infiltrate their organization. Um and he pointed out, like, you're not really making a suggestion here. I kind of don't really, I can't really actually confuse this. And they were kind of like, no, I guess you can't. <laughs> uh, which prompts them recalling when they actually first met him when he was a kid. And uh, he saved a bunch of people from some from a high-speed accident uh, with his powers. And they're like, oh, he's, he's already got this natural gift, this incredible ability to, to rescue people. Uh, at super speeds, uh, so we want to, you know, t we want to take you into into this agency. You're a, a, a tremendous talent, and you just like this eight year old kid with his stuffed animal kind of looking at him like, I don't know about this. Mm. I guess I like money. <laughs> it's pretty. It's, it's easy and simple about that. I kind of like it. Although when you look into it, you're like, oh man, this guy's got kind of a complicated history to himself, where it seems like he does things simply because the world makes it easier for him. He's almost kind of a self-sacrificial person in this way. Cause he's just like, yeah, I'll do all this work. Cause it makes life easier for everyone else around me. Starting with like when they were like, yeah, your family will never want for anything again. As long as you do all this work. And even now when he's like, yeah, I'll do all this dirty work. So it'll make the lives of heroes that much easier. Now it's like, it's kind of an interesting, complicated sort of story to give this character. I'm glad that he's so like charismatic you know, on the outside, you know, puts on the affable personality and everything, because if he didn't, it would, be just, it would just be the most aggravating. Oh, I'm so great, but I'm burdened with great purpose and responsibility. Uh, you know, it would be so easy to take that route, but he's got basically almost the exact opposite personality. Mm -hmm. So. 
Getting away from him, Endeavor goes to meet with his kids, uh, who are all gathered together, eating soba. And boy, do they eat soba. Todoroki, I don't think there is a single panel without, like, him having, like, five soba noodles dangling out of his mouth as he slurps them up. Even during this very dramatic conversation that they have. Kid loves his soba. He's just like, I mean... I get it, my dad's an asshole, but this soap is going to get cold one way or the other. <laughs> it's, not, it's not getting any warmer with me dealing with my dad problems. <laughs> I cannot control my dad's asshole asshole nature, but I can control how many soba noodles are left in my bowl. <laughs> it will be zero. <laughs> so, uh, Fuyumi, I think is her name. The sister is there. Natsu is there. And of course, uh, Shoto is there. For the purposes of this conversation, because it's all the Todorokis, I'm actually going to switch to calling Todoroki by his first name, just to avoid confusion. Uh, Even though I don't normally do that. I do like this little note that they start on, where uh, Endeavor comes in, and Shoto just looks at him as like, hey, nasty scar you got there. And they just kind of stare at each other through their shared eye scars. He's like, oh, that's really fucking ice cold of you dudes. I love it because it's just like nasty scar you out there, which he somehow says through slurping. And then it's just like a static shot there. of the two of them and him just like. <laughs> it's going to be a really weird moment to do this in the anime where they're just like, you Uh, Fumi is kind of upset with her brothers because they're, they're maintaining this awkward silence. Uh, but not so it was just like, you know, now he gets up and, uh, just moves to leave and, uh, Endeavor tries to stop him and say, Hey, if you got something to say, then just say it. And not like, yeah, okay, sure. That's real nice to hear from someone who's never even bothered to acknowledge my existence up to this point. And Hey, did you know that? I didn't know Shoto loved Soba until today. He's like, I do love Soba. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, holy shit. He fucking loves Soba. (laughs) He has somehow eaten three times his body weight already. (laughs) And look at him. (laughs) He's like a black hole. But only for Soba noodles. That's all I want. Uh, But he says, you know, you kept him separated from us because we were just your failed experiments this whole time. And even though he remembers what their mother told them about how Endeavor was trying to change and acknowledge his failures, he's like, you know, I get the feeling that they want to forgive you. But all I'm seeing is the same maniac who all of a sudden is getting rave reviews. You might look like a changed man, but you're not. You abandoned us. You left us to hear mom's screams and Shoto's cries. And br- big bro Toya, too. Ooh. There's another brother, Chris. Sure. I'm buying into this. I'm, I'm getting. I'm starting to buy more into this uh, Dobby theory as we go on. Yeah. But basically, says you know, just because you're suddenly a popular, awesome hero now doesn't change anything that you've done to us at this point. You haven't owned any of that. Did you just you know like decide that you could just hug things out and make up and that be it? You don't understand. And, and they were just like, I'm trying to make amends going forward. And I was just like, oh, really? Well, bye. And just leaves. Uh, 
Fuyumi is, of course, really worked up over this. Uh, she kind of latches on to Shoto and she's like, I kind of, I really wanted us to just be a normal family and be, and actually be together. And Oh, it would make your big sister so happy if we could do that, Shoto. To her, he's like, can't emotion. Soba must eat soba. No time for trauma. Soba. <laughs> I hide the pain with the noodles. Admittedly, um, he does have something big to say. There is, before we get into that, however, there is a very important thing to to make note of, which is that Endeavor's fan, who told the crowd, hey, can't you see that he's giving his all for us, has become a meme. An in-universe meme. I do find this amusing that like a, a manga has finally taken into the, the notion of just like, hey, he's a shitty meme now. Just some dude who appeared on the news, too. That's like, that's very, like, yeah. <laughs> that's how the world works now, isn't it? I mean, yeah, like, I'm surprised they weren't like, yeah, it's the Can't You See guy in a steamed clams meme. And here he is in a annoyed bird meme and things like that. It's just like, okay. I also like that people are, are saying like, hey, you know, hang on. Endeavor did give us a good battle. But the can't you see kid and Hawks' contributions were monumental. <laughs> this amazing prodigal hero who used his super speed and perfect control of thousands of feathers to save dozens of people and stop a building from falling on everyone made just as big a contribution as the guy who randomly said on the news, let's keep cheering for the guy with firepowers fighting on our side. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they are, everyone's watching this news report where they talk about, uh, Endeavor's battle. Um, and Shoto says, you know, Endeavor as a hero, that guy's pretty amazing. But like Natu said, I'm not ready to forgive you for abusing mom. So forget that. What sort of dad are you going to be? That's what I want to find out. Sure. The perfect turning point can actually change someone. I know it's possible because of course it happened to him. And I'm really glad that the manga did actually take a moment to stop and say, it's like, hey, yeah, um, there's this bit of baggage that he's got to deal with. So. Endeavor is a very different character from All Might. We get more of Endeavor's thoughts at this point and where he actually resolves to make this change for himself, which was, of course, back during the uh, provisional license uh, training that uh Todoroki and Bakugo took and uh, he just kind of decided when he saw Todoroki playing around with the little kids, you know, this is it. I have to safeguard the future for them. That's what I actually have to do as the number one hero. Uh, but he acknowledges like I, you know, the fact that I've decided to safeguard that future. Hey, there are other people's futures that I personally cut short and I can't just demand forgiveness from them. It's too late for me to actually be able to do that. So he goes to leave too. He apologized to Fuyumi as he, as he goes and he says, that was the wrong thing to say to Natsuo. So presumably he's going to go off and be like, sorry. Maybe. Anyway, time for something completely unrelated. Uh, <laughs> Deku has a dream about all for one and one for all. That's what happens. Uh, that, 
it it's just the very beginning of it. It looks cool, but that's all that happens. That goes a dream about one for all that I'm like, oh, yeah, I guess when you look at it, this is kind of Avatar The Last Airbender. <laughs> it, yeah, with all all of the previous avatars. I mean, holders of uh, one for all standing together in a row like that. Yeah. And when you call upon their power, your arrow tattoos glow. So. Mm. Mm. Well, that's only Aang. The other ones right. don't have arrow tattoos. Right. Only the airbenders would, would do it with. Yeah. But we can't forget Legend of Korra, Nick. Yes, we can. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's a very contentious series for a lot of people. I know some people who hate the shit out of it, and I know some people who love it to death. So I don't know what to think of it. I can't really speak to the quality of the uh, final three seasons. Uh, the first one was enough for me. So That is fair. Uh, to the to this actual chapter, I'll say I, I you know I joked about it at this point at the start of it, but I am pretty impressed to see that Horikoshi did put this chapter in such a kind of monumental mm. spot. I guess you could say, oh, the tease for all for one or one for all is a bigger kind Both. of like <laughs> yeah, yeah. like this is this is supposedly like oh this is the actual really big deal in all this like that's what this is the four-year anniversary kind of showing but the actual fourth year anniversary chapter is this chapter this is this is a really it's, it's not titled it's not titled a vision of the past it's, yeah. it's titled the Todoroki family so yeah so it, it's it's a really interesting spot to have this this chapter and and it's a very heavy chapter, and it doesn't shirk away from anything. I think I what I what I respect the most about the series in that doing this, it it does something that I really haven't seen a lot of shonen battle manga do, which is like take the notion of of abuse and trauma and try to actually explore it. Now, there's always going to be a discussion about whether or not this is the most mature way to do it, or you know whatever. I just appreciate the fact that we're getting it because a lot of times. Shonen manga tend to be very simplistic in the way they view relationships and tend to often fall into a realm of black and white mentality. And I enjoy this kind of just heavier discussion of like what a redemption arc for an abusive dad is like and trying to showcase that. It, it's just it's interesting to, to watch, to read. Um, I know that it's it's going to be both ways for some people, but I kind of like how the manga is even showing it's both ways, you know. Fiumi just wants everyone to be a big happy family together all again. Natsu's like, fuck this guy. I don't want to ever talk to him again. Shoto is kind of in a condescending way, just being like, what kind of dad are you going to be? If you're going to be a great hero, what kind of dad are you going to be? And I like Are you going to be the kind of dad who gets my mom to burn my other eye? Or are you going to be the kind of dad who will make me sober? <laughs> yeah, he's like, what kind of soap are you yes, going to be? Yes, that's right. My love can be bought with the right currency. <laughs> <laughs> That's all he needs. The League of Villains is like, give me a bowl of soap to betray UA. Deal. <laughs> I really thought he had a more higher moral standing than this. What? Kind no, of my moral compass has been entirely fucked up by my by my really weird family. <laughs> what kind of soba are you going? My to good parent burned my eye, <laughs> <laughs> and she could have used that water to make me some delicious soba. <laughs> That's why I didn't get out of the way when she was pouring it. I was like, maybe there'll be soba by the time it hits my eye. Ah, no, it just burns. No, this eye soba is alive. <laughs> so anyway, it's, all those foodies lied to me when they told me that you eat with your eyes. <laughs> I can't Instagram this soba. It just burns. <laughs> Anyway, 10 out of 10 chapter. 
<laughs> All right, now that it's given us a meme to joke about. <laughs> Let's uh, move over to Food Wars Shokugeki no Soma. Chapter 273, The Other Son. Um, so... So how confident are you feeling in that prediction, Nick? Actually, increasingly so. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, we'll get to it. <laughs> so, I like how this chapter was like, all right, let's take a step back. <laughs> <We did. laughs> like, all right, maybe it's too strong to say it's his actual <laughs> Okay, maybe this maybe this guy doesn't want to tear Soma's life apart. <laughs> he just wants to he just wants to marry Soma's not even really love interest. <laughs> uh, oh, and of course, right after introducing seemingly or what we're supposed to think is the big antagonist for the new arc, how do you kick off the new the next chapter? Pin up, pin up of the girls in bikinis. And uh, she's holding water against her face because it's cold. See, well, and she's offering you one because the, the girls are there for you, Chris. That That's what true. I can't. It's with you, the I, reader. I can't see Megumi holding the watermelon without thinking about the meme where it's the kid holding the watermelon and he smashes it. And then Howard the alien pops out and is doing a stupid dance. And I keep <laughs> seeing that. I'm just like, is she going to drop it? And Howard shows up. What's happening here? I can't look at that picture without thinking that neither of these two would ever wear something so skimpy. It doesn't seem inside of their, in, in their personality. Anyway, moving on from that. Uh, yeah, so... I think this chapter's called The Other Son, too. <laughs> and the chapter specifically goes out of its way to be like, It's not his kid! He's not, he's not actually his other son. He's like another son. It's not. <laughs> like, what a weird go-back. So Suzuki, the new young hot teacher that uh, likes to give his students snack food and encourages them to hit on each other, uh, has challenged Soma to a shokugeki, which Megumi is like, um, what? Uh, and Soma asks if uh, Suzuki is drunk, to which Suzuki says, oh, come on. I was just holding a nice proper class session before this. No, I'd never get drunk before that. And so I was like, you were just gossiping and eating snacks with them. You seemed kind of drunk. <laughs> so. But uh, he's just like, yeah, you know, I've just I've just, you know, finally suddenly encountered the first seat himself. It's the perfect chance. It's like fate. And Megumi says, but sir, uh, let me tr- let me try and do yours. But sir, <laughs> Which translates to Shokugeki challenges are Typically between two students, Same there are hardly the any who had a notable one between a <laughs> faculty member. The one teacher-student shokugeki in the series you took part in. Your student career was on the line. Yeah, I was going to raise. I'm glad that I'm not the only one who remembered that. Hang on a second. <laughs> So he's like, okay, well, we don't actually have to have a shokugeki. Just have a match with me. You know, that's all my ambition needs. Ambition is the key word here. As we then cut over to Arina in her office. She's, of course, still thinking about Chef Saiba and the mysterious Asahi and all of this. Oh, and suddenly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just read Grey Bob's chat, comment in the chat. Maybe they did it to make Asahi and Soma shipping less weird. You know what? That may not be a far-off conclusion. 
That's a very real possibility. Considering the way that before, you know, he was, well, I'm not calling him Asahi yet, but we'll call him Suzuki for now. Whenever I say Suzuki, pretend that I'm saying it like Suzuki with the big old air quotes, because it definitely seemed like they were implying that it wasn't his real name. Um, but I don't know. I, I just get that feeling. It's like, I don't know if he's supposed to be Asahi because it keeps on trying to imply that he's definitely Asahi. And if wrestling has taught me anything, Chris, <laughs> it's that swerves happen if they make sense or not. So anyway, also that WWE is terrible. Anyway, so someone suddenly barges into the office and everything that gets really pissed off at them right away. is like, you have to be with these soccer first. Oh, it's you, Chef Dojima. Oh. Oh, you're important and you can actually come in here. Fine. I do like that she just kind of like reflexively uses this opportunity for no reason to shit on Soma. Like for no reason. She's just like, what are you doing? Why are you barging in without an appointment? You're not like Yukihira. You have manners. <laughs> but Dojima is here with an important message about the man calling himself Saiba. Uh, so they sit down for tea. Have a nice chat. Uh, and he says, like, so he's not actually Joitro Saiba's son. He's okay. Not. <laughs> this is a weird place to put this, but all right. I feel like Let's, maybe you could have kept this going a little bit longer or just started with this. Sure that if you've just heard the news, you've probably been spending the last several hours, if not weeks, thinking about this and wondering why he slept with another woman and had a bastard son. He's not actually his son. He treated him like his own son. And Arida should have at that point been like, so he just kind of like enrolled him in an academy and ran away. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Your daddy is, right? That's much that's much more admirable than than him having a tryst at one point during his life. <laughs> to put it another way, Saiba could be considered the only chef that Joitro ever accepted as an apprentice. Which that would be an interesting dynamic to have the guy who was not Joitro's actual son getting personally trained and close to him like this in his, you know, adolescence in the way that Soma hasn't been close to him since uh, he left the Yukihira shop. That'd be an interesting thing to bring up later on. It is weird, though, to be like... Because it, it would be different if Jurichiro was less of a presence in Soma's life, but the implication is that, like, he would maybe sometimes disappear, but that they'd operate the shop together up until Totsuki, at which point... Was considering that, Soma's ago. considering the, that Soma's mom is dead, yeah. Yeah, he would so... You're like, okay, it, it's a strange thing to put in there of like, well, I discovered this guy and raised him as my secret apprentice. Although I actually still did spend a majority of my time with you. <laughs> well, Soma did establish, well, no, if, okay, if we are meant to follow along with the idea that Suzuki is actually Asahi, then Soma did mention that it felt like that they had met before. So it is possible that Asahi had actually shown up at the Yukira shop at some point or another, but it was just early enough in Soma's life they didn't remember it. But anyway. I'm much more interested in the idea of him having an illegitimate child who hates the, like, Joichiro and Soma sure. because of, like, what ultimately was taken from him. Rather than being well, like, I like the together as opposed to, yeah, like, this kind of flips. Yeah, you're right. It flips the whole dynamic on its head. Yeah, it, it's a strange one to put in there. 
Yeah, saying like he spent so much time with Joey Jiro, unlike if he had been a bastard child that was abandoned and got to spend no time with him and thus yeah. gained, earned gained resentment towards him. Yeah, still obtained all of his natural cooking abilities, but I don't know. Which is a thing, obviously. <laughs> Which you would know, Arida, you and your weird divine tongue thing. <laughs> also, I could not help but be distracted immensely by the name of the guy who uh, passed on this information to, to Jojima. Dr. McFly? McFly! <laughs> McFly! Sorry, I got completely which caught is, up with no which, is, which is strange to me, because it must obviously be a reference, I guess, to, to Back to the Future. That but, to be an all but. <laughs> well, like, that's what I assume it is, but the guy looks nothing like any character yeah. from. <laughs> they just made, like, a big, fat American white oh! dude. <laughs> and I was like, Okay, I guess you could do a self. You could you could name him after a bunch of famous American chefs. No, fuck it. Back to the future. <laughs> all right. Does he look like uh fucking Christopher uh, Plummer at all? No, not even remotely. So it's at this moment that that Ariana actually learn actually learns uh, Asahi's first name, um, and you know Dojima's is like, yeah, he only recently just started using the Saiba surname, and so Ariana is like Asahi Saiba. Which is weird because it's like she's like realizing or remembering something when she says that as opposed to just like, so that's his full name. <laughs> Sounds oh, adequate, I suppose. Something about that is okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm comfortable with this. <laughs> But Dojima brings up that Asahi Saiba has an ambition. One he'll do anything to see fulfilled. And the first stage of his plan is to find the first seat of the Totsuki Council of Ten, Joichiro's son by blood, and defeat him in a one-on-one -on -one duel. And then we get a flashback to the phone call with Mr. McFly, which was, He's going to find Joichiro's son by blood and defeat him in a one-on-one -on -one duel. N nice. To, okay, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah don't you just like so he could be here, here now for, for all we know uh so erina is immediately like ah and she calls up so oh no someone's not answering the phone he's not answering yukihira and she runs off to fight <laughs> just like racing against the clock i have to stop him from taking that duel no so <laughs> Again, like, it's so po pointing towards, like, they're going to be too late to stop Asahi from beating Soma in a, in a Shokugeki. They're just like, hey, that's not the direction they're headed in, is it? <laughs> so Soma back uh, with Suzuki is like, so what I'm trying to gather here is you don't actually care about me having about the first seat itself. You just want to say that you challenged and beat me. And Suzuki's like, yeah. That's part of my plan, to be able to say that I actually defeated the first seat of the Institute. And someone's like, oh, it's a good thing to know that you're just treating me as a stepping zone. Great. Uh, but Suzuki goes on to say that this is all necessary for the sake of that one special woman to whom I will devote the whole of my cooking. The first seat in the Totsuki Council's to whatever. Yeah, anyway, all that stuff. I'm sure you would make a case for many different ladies, but to me, there's only one choice. The heir to the Nakiri family, a fan of this command of the Totsuki Institute for generations and bear of the divine tongue herself, Dean Erina Nakiri. And he's just like, I will make her mine. 
And when Megabee asks for clarification, he says, yes, she will be my bride. And <laughs> Megumi is like, this is just like a shoujo manga. It's, he's basically proposing to her. And she's like getting embarrassed on Irina's behalf. And then, of course, Soma pulls a Soma because he's like, yes, I would dedicate everything to her. And Soma's like, hey, you can't do that because you're not the only one who has business with Nakiri's tongue. Phrasing. <laughs> it's a great phrasing, too. <laughs> you're not the only one here who's got business with Nakiri's tongue. So, I really wish there were more characters around to, re- to react to that line. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just like if, if Takui was there to be like, um. Erina <laughs> is racing through the halls. And of course, she finally spots Soma right as he is saying <laughs> all this stuff to Suzuki. And Suzuki's like, I'm the one who's going to marry Erina Nakiri. And Soma says, no, Nakiri is mine. Her tongue, that is. Big two-page spread while Erina pokes her head through the door. And then the next several fans are here just going, uh, <laughs> <laughs> student body has business with her tongue it's such a weird phrase I almost wish they had saved the business with her tongue for the double page spread because it's a little less convincing when it's like no Nikiri is mine and you have to put a parenthesis like what he's actually intending to say but you're presumably not actually hearing him say and it's much funnier because the business with the curious tongue makes 100% perfect sense for Soma. Because he's just like, no, I need her super good tongue to fucking acknowledge me. I think that, that, if, that if that had been the climactic moment, it would have been a little bit too dirty. But I it, see your point. It it's a lot been. easier thing to like have the mistake for as opposed to like, this is what he's actually saying. But this is what we know he means. It's a little bit more awkward in the delivery. But yeah, anyway. Erina hears the two guys seemingly fighting over her, and being the shoujo manga fan that she is, she faints on the spot. And, and uh, no one no one cares. Like, Megami like, cares. Well, Megami's like, oh no, but we don't see anything else, because the other two guys are just like, alright, let's do this shit. <laughs> because like, they're cooking jocks. <laughs> meanwhile, like, Erina, like, hit her head on the door and, like, on a table on the way down, like, blood's coming out of the back of her neck. They're just like, Erina, could you clean this up? The blood might get into some of my, my couscous that I'm making. I am in- increasingly convinced by this chapter that Suzuki is not Asahi. Because let me tell you something, Chris. Do you know who the main antagonist of season one of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX was? Jack Atlas? No, that's 5Ds. <laughs> I don't even know which series it is anymore. <laughs> which is fine. Jack is better than the actual answer, which is Kage, which is what? Was it Kagemaru? Or is that the guy who stole the deck? Whatever. It was some old dude. It doesn't matter. But you know who it wasn't? Was the tennis jock who challenged Judai in episode, what was it, 15, I think? to a duel for Asuka's heart. And they had a duel where he used a bunch of tennis-themed Duel Monsters cards, which don't actually exist. I was going to say, they have a a tennis deck? Well, fuck, don't they have a desk deck now? There's, like, different desk monsters that form together to make one super desk? (laughs) So there are no tennis cards, and honestly, some of the cards that he used were kind of broken, actually. Anyway, Judai beat him because they were dueling in order to become Asuka's fiancé. And then it turned after Judai won. He went over to Asuka and was like, hey, what does fiance mean anyway? And she was like, <sighs> so this is like that. You know, we've got our 
idiot hero fighting for the not really love of the of the female lead while another guy is just like i'm gonna marry that girl against her will that was a one-off episode of 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 uh, a card game anime, Chris. You cannot convince me that this is going to be the entire se- the entire season of this of this manga. So you can't convince me. I will say, first off, first off, there is a desk-based deck of Yu-Gi-Oh. It's called Desk Bots, and they're all like little art supply desk robots. <laughs> well, there was there was they did have deformers which was a series of transformers that were all based around handheld items like cameras and cell phones so uh second of all i don't know where i was going with this uh i mean it's very i think both of them are very likely possibilities but i'm leaning with the idea that it's the real one now um but two wait a minute you can xyz synchro and pendulum summon at the same time now this 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 is ridiculous at the same time well i don't know like this this guy i'm looking at a, a desk bot tournament deck and there's a synchro and xyz side deck oh sure yeah that's ridiculous why would you need this money this is very very obtuse <laughs> food wars gx just are we gonna have a rap theme about hanging out cooking <laughs> god i wish there was a, a fucking food wars uh, food wars <laughs> come on now gotta put gotta spray your pan right <laughs> that's like, not like time to turn the heat up or like time to chop some vegetables they're like gotta make sure your pam's on <laughs> get your pam off <laughs> they really stretch it to make it sound like game get your pam on well we well we could we couldn't uh we had no budget for a soundtrack so we just had to put new lyrics over the Yu-Gi-Oh gx theme and we couldn't get this made without being sponsored by pam so that is the secret ingredient to every shokugeki now they're like no you wouldn't have won our shokugeki if you hadn't sprayed your pan with pam they, he basically add that scene he's in like the- i didn't i didn't even have to actually put anything on the oven <laughs> Like, they take the regular series, and then they add an extra scene, so he's just like, Eggy, surprise, when I drop it on, it transforms! And then they add an extra scene in, and it's always the wrong, like, it's always him in a different outfit, and it's him like, of course, I wouldn't have been able to accomplish that if I didn't spray my pants with Pam first. Pam. It's like Speed Racer level animation, too. (laughs) Oh, he put Pam on his Pam! Who could have thought of that? Everyone's watching. Everyone's watching Azon cook. They're like, "Who would have thought of spraying your pan with cooking?" <laughs> <laughs> Nick's like, "I like this episode better." All right. Uh, okay, that was Food Wars this week. Let's move on to Eden Zero. Ah, uh, Eden Zero, Chapter Six, Thief. Thief. So last time the group had tried to talk to Mister Wise, Professor, not Professor Wise. Uh, but he left, accusing them of being in line with Sabir, whoever that was. And then they led into the episode by finding Sabir in a giant robot. And that's as one kind of opens up, where Sabir is like, where's Wise? And he's like, who's the butt munch who took my money? Wait, guess that makes you butt munches too. And then his little bird's like, rah, rah, and he turns and he's like, yeah, I know, but it's not like that bad of a word. <laughs> his little owl partner chews him out via tweets whenever he says bad words chris i i do find it funny and this is probably a translation thing more than that butt munches was too extreme of a term and that the birds just like like an old mom just like what are you doing you can't call them butt munches not in my household i mean it's better than that 
this <laughs> is an old an old Jewish woman who's threatening to just wash his mouth. That was so. <laughs> uh, they use this chance to run away, and uh, before they do, Rebecca takes this moment to be like, "Hey, we're in the past. We can't fuck with anything because if we do, we'll change the future." <laughs> and then Homer sneezes and knocks out an entire line of dinosaurs. Rather, uh, Shiki's like, oh, well, so I guess if we're going to run, let's do this. And he shifts gravity and basically sends it so that their plane of axis has shifted and they're just falling straight down like the city block. It passes and, Joseph Gordon-Levitt going the other way. I know. Uh, and then there's a big kind of action sequence in the two-page spread where we see a bunch of like missiles flying at them that they're dodging. And then the robot bursts through a wall and catches up to them and tries to punch them. Shiki, like, channels everything into his fist and punches the giant robot hand, basically blows it up, and, uh, afterwards, he's just like, oh, I, well, shit, I wasn't supposed to do anything. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, and then the bird starts saying something, and he just responds by saying, yeah, I know, he'll be back, you can count it. But I was very distracted from reading this. Because it's impossible to get to this two-page spread without noticing that one panel is totally devoted to a woman's butt jiggling. And yeah. it's like, huh? <laughs> so that's where we cut to. A woman's butt is jiggling in one of those, like, bunny outfits. And we find out... At least the next panel, which is dedicated to her boobs going boing. Yes. At least it's drawn out a little bit so you can see Shiki's reaction. It's not entirely, you know, dedicated to the movements her flesh makes when she naturally walks because she is wearing a bunny outfit. Mm. And she also is a bunny girl yes. who's wearing a bunny outfit. She seems to actually have bunny ears. Although, yeah. I guess maybe those are just implants. It could be cyber implants. She's but got she has... paw hands. Oh, look at that. Hmm. You learn things every day. Anyway, <laughs> they're at this bar and there's like a small. <laughs> what joke. a panel to make that comment over. <laughs> yeah. They're at this bar. Uh, there's the whole joke, like, you can't, you know, react this way to every alien you see. And he's like, oh, aliens, will you be my friend? She stops him from doing it again. And they try I to actually do admire Shiki's reaction. You know, he sees this this waitress in a sex in a sexy leotard and he doesn't objectify her. He's just like, you look interesting. Will you be my friend? It's hard to really think he's taking the high route there when it feels like a lot of time he's, I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to dissect this too he much. He was looking at her tail. Yeah, <laughs> he was looking at her tail. Sure. Uh, they're trying to figure out what's going on here, and then they're like, "Oh, I accidentally bumped the guy next to me." We have to figure out what we're going to do. But Pepperfish was, "Whoops, sorry." Oh, it's you. <laughs> Hi. And, and I do like his reaction. He's like, "How did you know where to find me?" They're like, we did me too. <laughs> this is dumb fucking luck. Let's look at this guy who played this really weird looking instrument. What do you think this music sounds like, Nick? <laughs> oh, he's playing, he's playing jizz music? Yes. Oh, that's still my favorite thing in the world. That that Disney canon, Disney owns the right to the canon jizz music. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, they've explained everything to, to Weiss now, and he's like, oh, what? I fixed your cat and saved you? Whoa, that's me in the future? What happened to my hairline? Oh, how can I believe this cockanamie story? Cockanamie. <laughs> and uh, they're like, yeah, I guess not. But he's like, all right, well, at least I figure at this point you're probably not with Sabir. And they have this whole thing. They're like, oh, you have to help us get back. He's like, well, I'm not a professor. He's like, when will you be? Can't you grow up faster? And they put like <laughs> puppy dog eyes on. He's just like, what the fuck do you want? Shiki sees the briefcase. He's like, what's in the briefcase? 
and he's like, none of your business. He's like, none of your, none of your what? None of your business. It's not your wife's head. Uh, and Shiki says, but you know, on Grand Bell, we do have, quote, quote, thief as a job. Keep this in mind, Nick. This is very important. It's very way. important for the payoff that will happen a long there. down the line. <laughs> so you have to, you have to, you know, keep put it in the back of your mind. You know, remember the the three step process for whenever uh, you, you know set up reminder payoff. Mm-hmm. So uh, about midway through this story arc, so when we'll get a reminder, you know, keep in mind the ah what a thief does, and then when the payoff happens, maybe about. Three quarters through the story, then you'll be, ah, the setup and the reminder, they paid off all right. Grand manner. So at the end of the page, his case is stolen on the next page. Shiki's laughing because he's like, I job changed the thief. How do you like oh that? Oh, what a payoff. <laughs> How do you like that? Uh, and he's very angry because Shiki then falls, I guess, because something in the, the case rattles. Yeah, I think that, it, I think it distracts him. Okay, yeah, that's presumed. Oh no, wait. He's saying his power suddenly blinked out, so whatever's oh, inside yeah, yeah. actually canceled them out. And the case opens, and Weiss screams, "My money!" <laughs> <laughs> Which I hope is his actual character trait. I hope he's because he actually seems surprised at the end of this with what happened. But I'm hoping he's not, and he just refers to everything by like my money. <laughs> uh, so the case opens, and some weird robot like fairy girl thing is inside i don't know if it's supposed to be anything specifically part of me was like, Melfina, anyway so. yeah i was like is it supposed to be like a french maid but i don't think that's looking into it too much it's just a little robot girl who's like you're not exactly handling me with care are you master and everyone's shocked including wise who's like what in the cosmos and that's the end of the chapter yep we got a lot to digest in these first six chapters of the series. Because think about how many plot mm-hmm. threads have been kind of introduced yeah. and left off. So we already have the giant woman in the sky. We already have Schmerza. We already have the woman at the start of last chapter who's like, I'll be important later on, but just for right now, time travel doesn't matter. And now we have this character as well. There's a lot of open threads in this series still going on beyond just the fact that we're still in the first real like self-contained arc of the series. So sort of interesting. I feel I feel like Hero thought of a lot of different things that he wanted to include in the series, and he was kind of like desperately putting them out one after another, uh, trying to set everything up because he was really happy with some of the stuff that he came up with. So that's very possible. But yeah, uh, it was an all right chapter. There were quite a few, honestly, just like all right, that was a chapter chapters this week. So uh, speaking of. Uh, let's move on then to, uh, Dr. Stone, was it? Oh, I mixed up the order on everything because we did Food Wars in a different place last week. Um, I think we'll just correct it here. I think we're going to do We Never Learn now. Ah, fuck me. Hold on. I opened up Dr. Stone. Give me a sec. Sorry. Sorry. Uh, we... Ah, let's do Dr. Stone now. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about We Never Learn chapter 73 a questions genius's question cleverly becomes the battle of x it's 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 an awkward thing because you know uh, we never learn chapters are taught are called questions so it's question 73 a genius's questions so too much so the chapter starts with Fumino and uega studying in a uh like a diner like in a booth yeah. in a diner 
I think it's the same place where uh, they went when uh, his one friend took Instagrams of his food and saw them together. Very likely. Uh, They're like, man, we got a lot today. And he's like, yeah, we should take a little bit of a break. And he's a little shy because every time he sees her, he can't stop thinking about the fact that they kind of shared that weird kiss about it. And he's like, man, I bet she'd probably feel so much more weird if she knew about it. So I guess I can't tell anybody. You know, we gotta make sure she never finds out. So, in response for me, is like, "How's your love life doing?" <laughs> and he's like, "What? What? Why do you ask?" And she's like, "Hey, you know, we've been so. I haven't gotten a chance to give you any advice, but hey, go ahead, lay it all out there for your big sis." And uh, I do like his reaction. He's like, "How can I tell you I'm preoccupied because we sort of kissed?" <laughs> so, uh. He tries to, like, pass it off. He's like, ah, oh, it's nothing, nothing at all. She's like, but you're hiding something. I can see it on your face. Did you kiss someone or something? He spits it in his water. <laughs> and they're like, no. She's like, what the fuck's going on here? Which one? Which one did you kiss? And he's like, which, what do you mean, which one? She's like, oh, right. I'm not supposed to tell you about that part. Uh, I mean, uh, is it someone I know? And he says, I, I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> she gets really angry because she's like, is he got some? Is he is he fucking around with a side piece right now? <laughs> Bitch, you better not be fucking around with those side piece with my friends. <laughs> uh, and she's getting really angry because she's she's demanding answers, and he's like, "No, I can't." When everyone's favorite character shows everyone's up, everyone's favorite character, the sister, you demanded it. You demanded it back. <laughs> the fans wrote in. They put their support out there. More Karasu's sister. I actually had to stop with all of her fans wrote in and demanded. There are dozens of us. I had no idea who she was at first because she has a very silly hat on. She's wearing different clothing now. You can't do this on like her second appearance in this series. Well, it's it's the hat and the glasses because those are yeah. distinct enough that I'm like, that's a new character. Hat and glasses yeah. on any body type. You've made a I new character. I literally, now. when she showed up, was like, who the fuck is that? Well, they knew to do that because the bottom of the panel was like, it's Kirishu's sister. <laughs> Uh, and, uh, she's like, oh, hey, you two know each other. He, he tries to introduce her, and she says, oh, no, my name's of no importance. And she kind of notes, like, hey, it's a pretty girl, a college student, maybe. How do you know each other? And he's like, uh, well, you know. So she becomes... Internet. <laughs> <laughs> so she becomes very suspicious, and, uh, she says, kind of throwing out there, don't tell me it's the person you kissed. And, uh, Bihara's like, yep, that's me. I'm the person that he kissed. Okay, let's see where this goes. So, her explanation is, don't worry, I understand everything. After all, she can't rule who you really kissed, right? And Uega assumes that she means, like, oh, she must have somehow known that it was me in the costume and that I shared that kiss with him. But instead, she's, of course, thinking, no, I can't have anyone know that you've been kissing my sister, so I'm gonna lie and say it's about me. That'll make everything better. Yeah. And he, she also, I guess, overheard Fumino referring to herself as Big Sister. She's like, this is his older sister. So I'll just have to play the part of a, his sweetheart and make sure that I could, you know, protect him from the indecency that would come of finding out that this student is having an illicit tryst with his, his you know, counselor. It doesn't work out very well. Uega's just like, no, are you trying it, to... It, it go, it, whatever direction you think that this is going to go in, 
No, it doesn't. <laughs> Uega tries to thank her, and by blowing in her ear, she gets really nervous. I, it's... I'm going to whisper something conspiratorial to you two feet in front of the person we're trying to fool. <laughs> like, I, I like how he apparently was like, thanks for the help. But it sounds like he did it in a sensual way, like, thanks for help. Like, just blowing into her ear. <laughs> So she gets nervous. Firmino's like, I have a hard time believing this. So, you know, they're trying to think, how can we convince her? Firmino has a bit of a moment. She's like, why am I getting so flustered about this? Like, I do care about, you know, uh, Ogata and and, uh, Takamoto here. But, you know, he should still have the right to kiss whomever he wants. So Miharu gets this stupidly obnoxious Sunday and tries to start feeding it to Uega. Because that's something only couples would do. Feeding each other is, uh, as she puts it, the ultimate behavior of lovers at a restaurant. Well, Nick, I mean, she she knows nothing about this, so I guess it makes sense. Yeah. I was going to say, Nick, have you ever uh, fed your significant other food at a restaurant? I mean, normally we don't split stuff. We're just like, you get your thing, I'll get my thing. Yeah. But there have been times when they're like, here, let me try that. Or here, you want to try this. But... We have never gotten a giant Sunday and shared it, largely because we have different tastes and desserts, because I don't like chocolate, and she does. Mm. Well, I'll feed you Sunday one day, Nick. No. <laughs> okay. You're just going to kill those fanfics now, aren't you? Fair enough. Uh, you just I, I have half a mind that you only said that so that you could say Sunday one day. Like, <laughs> I mean, it has been a dream of mine. Because uh, that's my fun day. <laughs> <laughs> a pop tart sunday uh so she miharu is like oh this is so embarrassing i could just die but i have to do this for the big sister but before you wake it could take a bite Firmino leaps in and eats it <laughs> and it basically becomes a battle to try to get the pastor that fails and Firmino eats the entire thing no no that i i don't even think that oh, doesn't no. even happen she just she grabs it, it out once and then she's like no give me that <laughs> yeah it just devours it and is like it's all gone so Miharu is like <laughs> No, she says it specifically as oh, oh well, it's all gone. <laughs> I guess you couldn't prove your point. <laughs> so Miharu's like, utter defeat, I surrender. From my brief hesitation, I see you glean the entire truth. I'm moved by our dedication to your brother. Sisterhood is truly great. I'll prove myself the next time, big sister. And I fucking hope she never does. God, Mihara was pointless in this chapter. (laughs) Uh, It does have a a nice moment, though, towards the end. So they're walking home, and Firmino starts questioning herself. He's like, I don't understand why I did that, why my body took over. I still feel unclear about who he kissed, and I don't want to keep pressing him if he doesn't want to share. But why am I so bothered by it? Hmm. She, like, kind of, you know, is like, oh, look over to that sunset. She thinks to herself, you know, if the person he kissed was Aruka or Agata... I would feel much better. Yes, that would be better. It's an interesting kind of note that she's still in these very conflicted feelings where she Mm -hmm. believes she's just the friend trying to help these other two make it there. But she's not aware of her own feelings. It's it's a cute little moment there where she's just like, "Hmm, I hope it is my two friends that that. Yeah, that'll be better. That'll that'll make all these weird feelings go away. I do like the little moments of seriousness uh, of um, inner reflection that we get 
because you just know that if this were like, you know, a big proper romance series, then this would be like every chapter <laughs> just like examining feelings and oh, doing it over and over again. Yeah. yeah. There's not much to say about this chapter, though. There's a little funny moments here and there, but Miharu was like a, an odd insert into this chapter, which really didn't add much. Oh, uh, it's everyone's favorite guest star yeah. back. <laughs> I guess you can't have Karasu always be the one who shows up, but I mean, you might as well at this point, I it's guess. Like, you, know, you know, it's like Craig Robinson in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Everyone's always happy to see to see him back. So, every, you know, everyone's always happy to see Miharu back. I have to look Doug Judy, him. the Pontiac Bandit. Oh, that guy. I remember him. Everyone's always happy to see the Pontiac Bandit come back. You know, like Miharu. Yeah, exactly. Let's move on. Dr. Stone. It's time to get Z- stone. Z- stone. Not quite, but Z equals 68, flames of revolution before Chris stalls. Carry I don't on. even know what that was. That was a car uh, stalling. My car- stalled on the highway. I got hit by a car, Nick. I'm in critical injury. Are you going to visit me in the hospital? They gotta make a car. Are you gonna gotta cry over car. my cast and heal my body? Because you have magical ash powers for the first Pokemon movie? No, magical Pikachu powers. Oh shit, that's right, Pikachu cried. Fuck, I need to watch the movie again. My, my... No, wait. Yeah, it was ash that, uh, that got turned to stone. All right, and I, got, all the, I gotta watch all the first Pokemon again. Pikachu and all the other Pokemon clothes included. And they're, not only did their tears have healing powers, they had float towards the petrified victim powers, too. They, they, they were... M- Freaking laser guided healing tears. Well, remember how that was like kind of the first appearance of Meryl in the uh, the Pokemon movies and everything like that. This is also the uh, the in the uh, Pikachu's vacation short. Yeah. Yes. So this was also their first introduction to the new world power move. So the world power whirlpool had been used, and that was what was pulling all the tears to it. <laughs> it's a very subtle thing. Not everybody got it. I understand a lot of complicated things going on, but uh, that's what they did. I think Nick broke. (laughs) (laughs) I will give you this. I have never heard that explanation for it before. (laughs) Makes perfect sense. Find a flaw in it. You can't. I can't prove that you're wrong. (laughs) That's all I need. All right. We get... At the start of this chapter, just a montage of them, you know, making an engine, basically. There's not really a lot, a lot to make a note of. In, ter- in, in If you were to, like, rank this amongst all of the inventing something Dr. Stone montages, this is one of the weaker ones. The only thing that I really have to say about it is that there is the moment at the beginning where Senku is going between a whole bunch of blueprints and a couple of times he looks like he's, you know, like a little kid happy with what he's doing, you know, chilling out, rolling around on his back. And then... He gets horribly frustrated over at the edge of the page. Ah! So, um, so they're making an engine with stuff. Um, and uh, Gen and Kohaku bring up, hey, you know, you guys are getting really excited about inventing this. Can you like not lose focus about why we're actually doing this? We're doing this to go and save Chrome. And so he's like, oh, you know, they'll realize that he's not that big of a deal. You know, he's he's just a, a, a wimp of a villager. They'll want to just keep him captive. As long as he doesn't run his mouth, they'll just keep him safe and tied up. Kohaku's like, I'm talking about Chrome, right? 
You're saying he's safe if he doesn't run his mouth. We're talking about Chrome, right? <laughs> so everyone's like, okay, I guess we better move. <laughs> I love the two-page panel. Everyone like, like I think it's uh, Ginro is just like, you, you said, said that, that already. You said that twice. And then they all like, oh, stop. oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, I love how even Senku's like, oh, shit. <laughs> My best friend. <laughs> um, we cut over to the Sukasa Empire's cave. And uh, there are some people who I don't even think we actually see who actually is watching all of this. But, you know, Ukyo and Hyoga and Sukasa have gathered there and was like, who's that guy with the headband? And Chrome, of course, in the last chapter was like, I am a scientist from Ishigami Village. <laughs> so this one is like, watch, I'll tell you about how awesome science really is. Science allows you to make rainbow flavor actions. And then they immediately dangle him over a waterfall. <laughs> I fucking, I forgot how great Tsukasa was at being like a comedic straight man. And these points, like, just whatever his facial reaction just drops, it's fucking, like, those old school times of, like, uh, fucking Taiju being like, we're gonna make cell phones, right? And then, like, Sukas is being like, how fucking dumb is your friend? <laughs> and that just happens again here, and then they start dangling him over waterfall. <laughs> I'm from the year 2017, you idiot. <laughs> so, yeah, Hyoka's... Yoga dangles Chrome over the edge of the waterfall, and he's like, I should have told him about cotton candy first. <laughs> so, Sukasa basically just kind of delivers his, like, this is why you should follow me. Science is bad monologue. Like, we do use some technology. We use, you know, tools and fire. But for the most part, technology must not be used. It, uh, progress must be halted because the people in power in the old world had vested interests in using weapons of science to vile acts. Not that you would know that. But I love that he's just like, all of the bad things in the world can be advanced on modern science, so we're going to hold things back when clearly it's just like, if we do this, then I can actually maintain control of the status quo, because I will be the strongest and be on top. So, nice, you know, like, actual dictator kind of logic to it. Um, so he's like, hey, I tell you what. Uh, if you hand Seku over to us, we'll let you, you know play around with all of your basic uh, science, your flame reactions and all that quaint stuff. And I'll even guarantee the lives of your fellow villagers. And uh, Krim's like, uh, and he's like, oh, well, I guess it's better than dying. <laughs> you think that I would say that? Just drop me. And so he always like, OK, <laughs> he does this immediately. Uh, but as he plummets over the waterfall. Chrome just has this very calm, smug look on his face. And immediately Tsukasa signals and Ukyo shoots an arrow, which catches Chrome on the collar uh, against a branch. And Tsukasa is like, even when he was falling to his death, he looked no less determined and just kind of casually pushes a tree over so that it falls uh, down beneath uh, Chrome so that he can uh, step down onto it and be safe. And, he just says, eh, there's no sense in trying. He's not going to betray them, no matter what. So, um, so Yoga tries to kind of salvage the situation. And he says, well, maybe we can guess why he actually bothered to come out here. Hey, Yukio, where'd you find him? And Chrome's like, oh, 
fuck if they know that uh, we were messing around near Senku's fake grave, then they'll find the phone that we buried there. Ah, uh, and the Nukio just says, yeah, I found him near the miracle fluid cave. He was probably trying to get some of the ni- the uh, nitric acid so that they could, you know, use it. And Chroma, course, has no idea why the hell he would do such a thing. He's like, why is he lying to Sukasa? I've got a bad feeling about this guy. Could he be playing a revolution against the Sukasa Empire? I do like this thing, like Sukasa got all of the worst people in the world to follow him. Of course, some of them are, are playing on betraying him so that they can take over instead. Like, seriously. Well, it, it's worth noting that it's kind of interesting to get this because to this point, outside of the one person who was swayed solely by the fact that her like super fan idol, her Chris Evans, Liam Neeson, basically to me, was like, come to this side. Uh, everyone else has been fully loyal, like Huega, um, what's her name? The the spy or the, the scout, rather. Hamura. Hamura. Uh, she's been fully loyal. Like everyone we've seen has been kind of super loyal. I guess Gen wasn't. But most of the ones we've seen outside of that have been firmly in Sukasa's camp. So it's it's interesting that there's more dynamics kind of going on here. Um, and uh, then we cut back to the Ishigami village and uh, they finished their vehicle. It's not a car. It's basically a steam engine on wheels. You know, they would have never needed this thing if they had domesticated animals, Chris. <laughs> All they would have needed was a couple of oxen and they could have made it across the Oregon Trail. But then their fucking dude dies a snake bite. And Dysentery. And have you ever played the, uh, the Oregon Trail quote-unquote board game? No, I have not. It sucks. Don't ever play it. Don't ever okay. buy it. It's the fucking worst. Basically, you have to, like, draw a card every turn to continue it. And, like, outside of, like, three cards, all the cards suck. Like, there's, like, two that are, like, get more supplies. And the rest are, like, you have dysentery. You could draw the card on the first turn of the game and be like, oh, I'm dead. Bye, guys. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of this hour-long game without me. It blows. It's it's fucking the worst. Lovely. Mm-hmm. It's a fine chapter, then. Not really much to say. I do love more Sakasa. Yeah. And I always enjoy how, like, menacing he feels. And I do like that mm. we got some more from this uh, Ukyo. But it's nothing too crazy here. Yeah. It's an all right chapter. Yeah. Seven Deadly Sins. Uh, all right. Seven Deadly Sins, chapter 276, The Tragic Strike. So this chapter opens up with Derere holding Elizabeth and uh, saying, like, hold on. Elizabeth's like, I don't know. I had no idea that Esterosa was. Uh, and I think it's supposed to be Mayel. I think I'm going to call Mayel. him Mayel. But I think Mayel. it's May- Mayel because E-L is like a very poignant kind of. Mayel. Well, like, Ma-el. I-E-L is, like, a very common suffix in, like, religious figures, but mm. I don't know if it's pronounced that way. Or not. I'm going to go with Mael, but it's probably something different. I don't know. Anyway, uh, they talk about how, because of his commandments that he's assimilated, he's increased, He's he's gotten driven deeper. We can see he has basically a split with the two wings. We saw that before, but kind of showing it here is a little bit clearer as well. Uh, showing just how far he's kind of gotten, but Daria's like, don't worry. Let's save him, just like how you saved all of us all those years ago. So we have uh, the other two, Sariel and Tamriel. Uh, that's what I was referring to with the IELs. Um, mm. uh, those two are, are staying in the way, and he's just like, oh, it's good to see you again. But uh, hey, 
Why are you staring in my way? Why are you blocking the seven deadly sins who stole everything from me? Isn't it our duty to not do this, to wipe out all evil, and to like, oh, uh, you know, hey, uh, why don't we talk things out? Well, fuck you! <laughs> Start blasting them. <laughs> why don't we talk about this for a little bit? You're my enemies too, aren't you? Fuck you! He does know it. He's like, hey. I'm going to pull one of five different really weird faces that I make in this chapter. <laughs> Uh, he notes that he, because his, his grace has been stripped from him, the commandments are the only hope he has left to him, so he will not let those be taken away. And those are what are kind of driving this insanity right now. So he starts trying to strike them, and we got this whole bit with uh, Dereri kind of speaking about how Monspiet and her should have died, you know, 3,000 years ago, but you and Melodia saved them, and how they never questioned their orders to kill goddesses because they thought that was just the natural order of things. So it's a good thing that she's going to live, uh, you know, to to live out the rest of her days and be a better person and all that stuff. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it's yeah. cha- the chapter is also titled Desperate Strike or a uh, what is it? Uh, a tragic strike uh, because uh, the tragedy happens to male and not anyone. On the yeah. Side. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping for good things out of this chapter for Dereri. Um But she's saying, hey, you know. I, I wonder why, you know, I was the fool. Why didn't I realize it sooner? I don't know how Monspiet fails about me, but we'll, what matters is how, you know, what he means to me. Uh, and she has this moments like he was always my precious partner, my other half. There's no point in wishing I could turn back to this, but I just can't do nothing to turn a blind eye. We must put an end to this fighting. And stopping mail was the first step to that. So she comes with a plan. It's not really a plan. I'm gonna get to this in a little bit. <laughs> she comes. I'll punch him a lot. <laughs> it's it. It goes even a level dumber than that. It feels like, but we we see this big spread or this big sequence of of action panels, and we find that you know, male is as expected, kind of holding his own against both of the other archangels and Gauther and King, uh, and then Daenerys shows up and is like, "Read my mind to transmit to everyone else." So she sends it over. And her plan is, you two distract with a lot of power. I'll punch him a lot. Galther, go inside his mind and figure out how to beat him. And I was like, that's not a plan. You're looking to say that you would. I thought you said that you had figured out what to do. Like, no, I, no. I, I, I was laying down the foundation. <laughs> uh, Look, I you can't draw. You can't draw up plans without a pen and paper. So I went to the department store. Therefore, I did more than the rest of you. Yeah, I came up with a plan. I'm like, no. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that's that's what their plan is. The two archangels kind of, like, unleash all their power to try to hold him off. Uh, Ray Ray just goes full force on him, just starts attacking him, uh, kind of holding him back. And Gauther uses what he can to kind of probe his mind and find out what the way to remove the commandments is. Because he knows that, male knows if the commandments are removed, he loses power, so he has that information. He believes they can be taken away, so we just have to figure out what would take them away. Uh, it's a very difficult thing to do so, though. Uh, you know, the, the two archangels are just like, oh, is he not done yet? And uh, all these different spell words are being learned. Dereri's like, how much longer of this? Oh, I'm always... I don't know, I guess this is male saying I've always treated this way. Which is just to say he gets the shit beat out of him for a while. It's actually really kind of sad. <laughs> uh, this is always happening to me. But then Gauther says, I have the spell. And there's a moment where the water guy's attack stops, it looks like. Because we see the water break. And DeRayRay Ray is going in for a punch. Basically, they use their two powers to kind of seal his arms. But he has one free now, 
and he just reaches out and he says, take this. And just blasts the hole straight through it. It says, mercy from the angel of death. It's a very cool line. She is dead as fuck, I assume. Probably. That's what would make the tragic of this tragic strike. Died the same way that her boyfriend did. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, like, as soon as she, like, started going into action, I was like, oh, she's down to die. <laughs> I mean, as soon as she started talking about, like, yeah, we we really changed things. I can't wait for a new future together. <laughs> all these I'm going to go are... and retire and live out in the countryside with my dog, who is two yeah. days away from retirement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But, hey, uh, stuff advanced in this chapter. Uh, more than can be said in a lot of chapters this week, honestly. Yeah, I mean, stuff happens. It's cool. Yeah. I I do like what we're getting. I mean, this 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 is an exciting kind of arc. I think so. It works for me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, then let's move on to the Promised Neverland. And I don't really know what to say about this one, Chris. Tons Chap- happens, Nick. Chapter ninety-seven. All your favorite characters are going to be joining them in the future. Uh, you, Hugo, Lucas, um, J- Jillian, Pe- Pepe, uh, Pedro, the whole gang's coming together. It, it's actually none of them. It's just Oliver. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. The future you want. Um, we get a flashback to recap. Oh yeah. We went to Goldie Pond. And we brought this back and was like, hey, this pen has stuff on it about passageways and supporters and blueprints of the parks. And, oh, we could go to the human world if we want. We could escape through through oh, through the Gracefield house. Uh, oh, but we've got to keep in mind also the Rotary clan. And, 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 oh, the, it's the family of Mr. Minerva. The traitor killed him. Uh, it's all stuff we already know <laughs> all of it is stuff we already know and it goes on and on and it's basically just Emma restating her conviction and her plan to them which we already basically knew like we I mean there was no confirmation up to this point that this was definitely what she was going to do but we knew that this was what she was going to do which was we're not going to lose anyone I'm not just going to escape. I want us to live in a happy place. And I realized when I was in the hunting ground at Goldie Pond that I want to free all of the children, not just a Gracefield, but a Glory Bell and Grand Valley and the last farm, Goodwill Ridge, and the mass production farms that Sonju told us about, and the new farm, Lambda, where Adam may have come from. All of them should be gone. I want a world where children aren't food. And before we escape, we have to make a world where we won't be pursued. And for that, we need to find the seven walls and make a new promise. With... It's amazing that they can pronounce that when there's no spelling for it. And so it was like a new promise. We'll have to make a new promise. OK. And then she's like, will you guys come with me? And everyone's like, yes, we will. And then. And was like, well, I guess before we set out, I should ask the opinion of all these other guys who are here that aren't just in our family. And Hugo comes in and he's like, that sounds like a good idea. We were all listening from past the door. So you don't need to explain things a third time. And we'll help you. And Lucas was going. And all the other kids are, are cool with that. And it was like, we're coming, Phil. 
And with three pages left to go in the chapter, finally new stuff happens. <laughs> this chapter annoyed me so much. <laughs> I'll save it for the end here. Okay. So... We catch up with uh, Mujika and... Um, what's his name? What was no, his name? God sent Sonju? Sonju and Mujika, yeah. And uh, they just have this brief little conversation. And Sonju's like, what's wrong? And Mujika looks at her necklace and goes, nothing. I guess she knows Emma's conviction has been reached. <laughs> I guess so. Uh, and then we cut over to, oh, I forgot this guy's actual name. Oh, isn't that like... The Peter? guy who betrayed William Minerva. Peter? Or I think something. Something. something like and he's looking at um, test tube babies, basically. Um, it's corpses, you know, of kids with flowers growing out of them. And uh, people are reporting to him that they have found the body of Lord Bayon. Not of Lubus, but of Bayon. Um... And they say, like, yeah, it was buried in an underground vault, but we haven't found any children's corpses. And he's like, hmm, that's odd. They were supposed to have been hunting. Well, pull out of Goldie Pond. You'll be in charge. Search the area. The self-destruct system must have been activated. I wonder if it's a coincidence, brother. Either way, I won't let them get away. Those children are necessary in this world. I'm the evil one. So there's two things here. One okay. is I actually really like this chapter for Emma because this is a chapter where nothing really specifically new, as you said, kind of happens. But we do get kind of a clear definition for what Emma's trajectory here is. And she's posed with sort of an important thing here, too, which I, I like. This, this is something that only kind of can seem to exist in fantasy, and I fully acknowledge it. But the situation they posed is like, hey, so what? Are you going to fight all the demons and just kill everyone? She's like, no, that's not what I want, but I'm saving everybody. And she's like, I'm, you know, it's that, that line from, like, the first Captain America. Just like, you want to kill the Nazis? It's like, no, I just don't like bullies. and I'm going to stop them. But this one's less aggressive even in that way. I'm just like, no, I'm going to save everybody. If we don't have to kill anybody, that's great. Uh, I like seeing Emma has this this plan and this devotion to be like, no, and we're not, like, with every new piece of information she's learned, you know, she's learning, she's like changing her plan. She's like, no, we're not just getting Phil and everyone and leaving. We're going to save everybody. And we're also going to find a way to change this deal. So we're not hunted when we go to the other side or cause trouble on the other side. We're, we're going to change this world. Um, it's a very Emma-esque attitude. It does still annoy me that we have those things. It's just like, and make a new promise with... <laughs> And you're just like, do the kids pronounce it like that? Or am I, as the audience, just supposed to be like, you don't get to know this thing's name yet. <laughs> just like, fuckers, you called a guy old geezer for like four months, all right? <laughs> At least use English words. <laughs> yeah, at least be like the promise maker or some shit like that. <laughs> the promise maker. I don't know. I, it's fucking whatever. Uh, but the end here, I don't know if it's just the way the framing was done to make me think something. But... It sounds as though Peter or whatever his name is is talking to perhaps clones of Minerva when he refers to like, I wonder if it's a coincidence, brother. And the next shot is him specifically looking in a tank and not referring to the children in a tank, but referring to someone hmm. separately. I don't know if this is me reading too much into it, but just from a like a storytelling standpoint, it seems like it's supposed to be important that he's talking to the child in the 
test tube tank and, you know, addressing it like brother. So hmm. I don't know if that's supposed to be anything. It also does look like a lot of the kids are sort of the same, but that might also just be the whole, you know, art style of the series kind of thing. But, and the fact that they're corpses now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> has there been, I guess there are a couple like non fair skinned, like blonde or light haired kids but all of them in these tanks are exactly that so uh. okay well uh and now we're gonna finish because we have no one piece this week there is at least a little bit to talk about in this chapter i have i have contributions to make this, okay. on this conversation of black clover so yes so last time at the end of the chapter uh, Raddy's Sally and the other guy whose name I never bother to remember showed up uh, after Raddy's basically survived Annihilation thanks to his magic and revived the other two. And he said like, hey, we're going to help you guys because we want to kill the shit out of Leashed. Uh, and that's where it kind of starts up where Asta's like, what do you guys want? He's like, shut up, you losers make me sick. But there's somebody else I want to kill now. That bastard leash. There's no way he's getting away with tricking me and using me and sacrificing me. Absolutely no way. And it basically goes off of this whole explanation of just like, hey, with Voltosis, that's the other guy whose name I don't remember. And I'm going to forget it by the end of this chapter. Rest assured. Uh, with his spatial magic, we can get to all the points marked in the city immediately, and we can combine it with Sally's dark magic items to make it more powerful, so we can take that whole mobile palace of yours with us. Basically, we can get all of you guys immediately into the city, and all you have to do is get me there. It's a good deal, isn't it? And his entire time, he's just thinking, kill him, kill him, kill him, kill him. Uh, and Roddy's like, yeah, so it's pretty simple, right? Then ask the clotheslines him as is like boom pipe down there is a big old word bu bubble behind it that says asta bomber yeah and he's just like our goals is our goals are the same now they're totally different we're fighting to protect the people we're not gonna help with anybody's revenge and he like puts him in like a fucking like a abdominal gosh, stretch yeah, abdominal stretch just like earlier you attacked everybody in the sea like crazy and i'm not gonna let you keep doing that anymore and he puts him in an arm bar <laughs> Basically, Ash just has a squash match with this dude. <laughs> it's actually very appropriate that Asta is suddenly a professional wrestler. Mm -hmm. uh, and Raddy's put, just... Put, put a Kevlar vest on that kid, is all I'm saying, and have him go, when he punches people. So. Yeah, and Raddy's just, Raddy's just screaming the entire time. Uh, we see Luck and Magma are just like, yeah, cheering him on. And I'm not sure... Who says it specifically? I guess it's Asta saying, oh, if what you said is just going to the capital, we don't need you to, because you mentioned that these two are the, actually the ones that have the magic that makes it capable, is capable of doing it, so we'll negotiate with them. That is a very salient point, and I'll, and I'll give him credit for that. So, Valtos says, I just want to see him and confirm that's the truth, and to make that happen, I would help you, because if everything he said was a lie, then I'm a sinner, and a Tony might be a good thing. And then he's like, Sally, you want revenge too? And she's like, well, the only reason I was ever with him is because he let me exper experiment the way I wanted to. So if I'm alive and I can experiment again, I'm happy. So Asta's like, right, you wanted to experiment on me, right? So if you help us and fight itself, I'll let you study me all I want. She's like, really? He's like, yeah, but nothing that hurts like crazy, though. And she goes, aww. 
No awe. Don't give me that. <laughs> uh, but then he kind of grabs her and he's just like, as long as you don't hurt people or make trouble for them, you can research as much as you want. If it's something that's going to help somebody, everybody will be glad to help out. You'd be happier too that way. And she's like, wait, research without dissecting my patients who are still alive. Well, it's, 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 it's weird the way he phrases it. He's just like, as long as your research doesn't ever impede with anything, then you can do it. It's like, I don't think that's how science works. <laughs> I really don't think science works by Pretty never. Sure she would have explored this avenue before she reached the point where she was doing that shit. And she's like, I don't really get it. But if it makes research easier, then I guess I'll do it. And her head's just slowly turning more and more to the right. Uh, and then they give the two of them food because they're being good. So they get food. And Asta and Charmy just taunt Raddies because he doesn't get any. He's really hungry from being dead. And then eventually he's like, fine, I'll go to the Capitol with you. He just has this big shotting panel with Asta on the other side where they're just eating nonstop. <laughs> so he's a good guy now, I guess. <laughs> I don't know if Black Clover can be described as self-parody or not at this point. Like, we just had three ex-villains rise from the dead with the power of vengeful hearts. And then Asu was just like, no, you have to be good people if you're going to have a redemption arc. And then it ended with the most reluctant of them and Asta screaming in each other's faces while they shuffle food in their open mouths. Isn't this the guy who turned people into corpse bombs? Didn't he do that? Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, he's a friend now. He's a good guy because he screams and eats food with them really Asta fast. Asta <laughs> uses blood magic to control an entire kingdom's fate. He also, I, I love... I really, I almost feel like one day we need to do like a deep dive into like the morality of Black Clover because there's there's a lot of ethics that are constantly kind of brought in, and this chapter adds so much more into it. Not just with him, but it really does boggle my mind that Ash is like, you can do as much research as you want as long as it doesn't hurt anybody or cause any problems. I'm like, that's, that's not how science works. Like, it's not as though you just go into a lab and you're like. I made this thing that made everything better for everybody. Like, sometimes you just have to do research on bad things to know how they work and stuff like that. Like, it's just like a weird notion to bring in. You can push the boundaries of science as much as you want, but no stem cells. Yeah, or, or just like, yeah, he's just like, what are you doing? We're not opening up no abortion clinics. You bring your children to term. If you kill them, then they can't be my friend. <laughs> just And then I can't put them in our bars. <laughs> Like shit, Asta's gone on to deep edge. <laughs> what are you it's doing, all... euthanizing that old person who wants to die? <laughs> he can get better. He just has to do enough setups. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I like this new Asta. <laughs> Gay's getting married. Gross. <laughs> How can you possibly <laughs> object to that? <laughs> Gosh, some, people really, some people get really grossed out by it, so you can't do it. Guys should only be friends so they can punch each other and wrestle. Making out is icky. Uh, so you and Yuno aren't like, you don't want to, it's like, what? No, I don't have any latent feelings. No, we're just best friends who bathe <laughs> together. Nothing weird about that. All I, I want to do is marry the woman who raised me as her son. <laughs> I haven't had any weird sexual issues. <laughs> Anyways, so 
using Voldros or whatever his name is, his power, they teleport into the city while one of the residents is just like, everything's over today, the country will end, because it's all getting blasted up. But then the portal shows up, and boom, the, the Black Bull's base teleports into there. Crushed and- several buildings when they arrived. Mm-hmm. And Asta and everyone else inside, well, all the evil people that just joined up, are like, okay, people, we're in the royal capital! And that's that's the chapter end. So, Nick, what were your thoughts on this chapter? I am of two minds over this. Okay. <laughs> on the one hand, in principle and theory, I like the idea that Asta was not just like, well, we have to actually work with these people. He was actually just like, if we're going to work with you guys, you have to actually, like, you know, be better people because you were fucking awful. And he has personally fought all of them, so he should know. On the other hand, I don't really like that this was all made into a big fucking joke. And I think that Black Clover may at this point be completely incapable of having actual serious moments come from Asta. He seems to be allergic to them. It has been, like... What? How long has it been since his arms were messed up? A year and a half, I think, or so. So, that's a long time. And I don't think we've actually got... Well, okay, there was also the moment during the the, 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 the Royal Knight selection where he had that moment where he was really upset that he wasn't fighting Yuno in the finals. But since then, lots of bad shit's been happening. And that's just kind of like been screaming at it uh, enthusiastically until it's gone away mm-hmm. and i th- i really do not like that it's starting to like affect other characters that they're just like all getting caught up in the yeah let's go do everything okay yeah there is a real like uh what would you call it like a a mash of making like every character the same mm-hmm. like a. I can't think of the word for it, but uh, just this weird, like, every character reacts to this in the same way, which is to scream and eat food really loudly and then, like, charge forward. And uh, I'm trying to remember, I, I mean, I know Volta or Roddy's, like, resurrected people, use them as corpse bombs, things like that. Uh, Sally was looking to torture children. <laughs> And I, yes, and, I, and I'm trying to remember what Voltos did. I can't remember. He, he's. It would be kind of funny if Asta were going to each of them in turn, and it's like, well, okay, you seem like you're really questioning everything. Uh, you, you've got the vengeance issues that we need to work on. You should be doing things for the right reason. You kidnapped children, and we're going to dissect them while they were alive. Stab! <laughs> I just actually stabbed you. <laughs> Which is weird because it seems like she's the one who actually might get a full redemption arc in this, and maybe join the Black Bulls well, yeah, afterwards. She's, a, she's she's an attractive woman. She can't be evil. Yeah, true. Uh, so it's an odd. It's an odd. It's interesting that this chapter occurred the same week as my hero being like. Hey, Endeavor, you have to fully head on address the fact that you abused your children and they're maybe never going to forgive you for that. Whereas this chapter was like, hey, Roddy's, I know you used to to blow up corpses on top of people, but how about you eat food with me and scream a lot while we save the Clover Kingdom? (laughs) 
I think that, that part of it, is the, the screaming part is honestly the part that really gets me is like, I understand that occasionally there need to be the moments with the big eclectic main character group to all just get on the same page and charge ahead while they're all doing the same thing. You know, the Straw Hats do it. Class 1A does a lot of stuff in unison, uh, you know, to name a few examples. Uh, but I think that what would what you would think would be the main draw of this big eclectic group of bizarre personalities is to see them all bounce off of each other in different ways. And you saw that with the stuff that had Gauche and Gordon uh, and Gray and Henry all working together. You know, Gauche was the, this this straight man amongst all of these weird antisocial people. And he was kind of gluing them all together in that Uh but whenever Asta has shown up recently, they've all just turned into mini Astas. And that makes the characters all less interesting for them all to act the same way around him all the time. Uh, it robs them of their own personalities. And so to see so many different things, so many different situations all resolved in that same way is it seems like a missed opportunity. Uh, this This is no longer the Black Bulls working with former members of Leash's entourage, it's there's new black bulls now, basically. It'd be it's interesting because you could turn this into an interesting thing. Even like the notion of like this guy's power is necromancy. Like you can work around with that. You know, it's a way that you could turn like, hey, this you need to use your power for good instead of just to like turn people into bombs and be evil and things like that. And the one uh, Voltos is just like, you know, I need to know if this is a lie. And if so, I've been a sinner and I must atone. Like that kind of loyalty, you could be like, okay, maybe this guy could be kind of shown the error of his ways and, and have a turn. But it's really just like, are you guys going to be super evil all the time? They're like, no. And he's like, here's some food. Eat up, guys. Let's get going. Pump up. Let's go. All right. I mean, it's just it's it's amusing to me that it, it happens in the same week as the the My Hero chapter. <laughs> Two very different. If if you want to know why I enjoy the My Hero chapter as much as I did, it's because this is the norm in other series. Okay, that guys, that's gonna do it for this week. I think. Let's name our favorites favorite series MVP. Uh, it's gonna be my hero academia for me. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of just mediocre chapters this week, and that was definitely one that was like this stands out in a good way. Uh, everything else was so unexceptional that I think that if it weren't my hero academia, I think I would actually go with food wars, and that wasn't its best, but it had some fun, memorable moments at least. So, yeah, I'll give it to my hero as well. Um, and as for character, I, I, you know, I guess I'll give it to Endeavor. Uh, only because I really admire going full out with this, like really not pulling any punches on trying to deliver a storyline like this. So I appreciate it. If it wasn't going to be him, it was going to be Emma. But I, I, I figure I do need to give another shout out to the fact that they're really going at it with this Endeavor storyline. Uh, well, you know, it's got to be everyone's uh, favorite uh, returning character in my heart. I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Thank God she's back. Of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I... Give it to Voltos. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, man. That one panel where he screams and asks his face while eating food. Mm. Yeah. Hey, Nick, what was Jujutsu Kaisen? 
it was the one like demon hunter series thing where the guy had like the yeah. symbiote thing uh and it like he tried when he tried to cover his the mouth up it just grew a mouth in his hand that's right it's doing really well in japan apparently i've heard that yes yes uh favorite character i think i'm gonna give it to chrome uh just because he had that you know he was very true to himself in this chapter and i do really like the moment honestly where you know he's falling down the waterfall and you're just like well i live my life as i truly am so that's gonna do it then all right no one piece so we're a little bit short shorter this week but thank you everyone for joining us for the mug recap which we normally record Usually Thursdays around 7 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on smashcast.tv slash and twitch.tv slash If you want to check out our past episodes, you can check them out in a number of different places. Our YouTube channel on, on uh, weeklymongrecap.podbean.com and on iTunes. And if you check us out on those sources, be sure to leave a comment, rating, subscription, so that you can help out the algorithm and uh, help us become kings of the hobby section to defeat those bastards at the top of the workers. If you have any feedback you'd like to send us, questions for a Q&A episode, suggestions for feature manga you'd like us to read, you can send all that stuff via email to weeklymagarecap.yahoo.com or join our Discord server and leave a suggestion in the appropriate chat room. Special thanks go out to all of our Patreon supporters. I know that things are going to be a little bit weird now that uh, things have changed over to the UK, but uh, yeah, hopefully they'll get all that stuff sorted out. And we do really appreciate all the support you guys give us. Let's do bonus content. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Including the bonus pod we just put up. Uh, Nick wasn't really a part of it. You, you, I did let, I make a cameo. I did get a cameo in there, but it's a, uh, a, a crossfic exploration as I wrote three crossfics and I give them to our friend Brennan to, to judge. Uh, and, uh, people have been enjoying that. Uh, people have particularly been enjoying, I won't spoil the contents to it. But I will spoil that the last one in there is a JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Friends crossover called oh. Diamond is We Were on, or Diamond is on We Were on a Breakable. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought I was like, the title enough is, is the best, but it's there's so some good parts. It's, it's so amazing. So, so there's some really good stuff in that. Uh I've been trying to get them up on fanfiction.net as well. So even if you can't afford the bonus part, you can at least read the fanfiction. Uh, but unfortunately I found out, uh, <laughs> fanfiction.net doesn't have a tag for the promised Neverland nor the Muppet baby. So I don't know how I'm going to get that one up on, <laughs> but we'll check that out. So there's some pretty cool stuff on there. And if you guys like it, we'll make more of those in the future. So, uh, give us some good feedback on that. And special thanks as well to Steve Mann, Rock, fanboy.com and all many different places. He's got Tumblr, I drop boobs, but Patreon, he's out there in many places. Mm-hmm. Steve Mann, thank you for all the stuff you do for us, as well to Infamous Planet for all the stuff you do for us. And to Brandon, of course, for helping Chris out with uh, the bonus episode. Yep. And uh, special thanks also, uh, giving out in advance to uh, the person who is uh, helping Chris out next week because I'm going on vacation and unfortunately won't be around for the recording of the regular episode. We'll have a special episode next week with some cool stuff, so look forward to that. Uh, before we go, Nick, I just wanted to mention, have you watched the Andre the Giant documentary yet? I have not, no. I, I watched it. It's not as good as I was hoping it for. I think I've, heard, point, that it, I've heard that 
people were disappointed by how much it seems it seems to revolve around Hulk Hogan. I was so. just about to say, like, there's you know, we've we've had so many wrestlers openly talk about Andre Giant that I feel like some of the best stories are kind of already known and out there. Like they don't even tell the story about him shading in the bed in Japan and like the maid coming in screaming and he just laughs the entire time, like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that sounds like how Andre would react. But it is strange that like halfway, th- it's like an hour and a half long documentary that's like. In the middle, they just take 20 minutes to be like, here's a Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania 3 documentary. <laughs> They're like, you don't understand, brother. There were Hulkster t-shirts. Hulkster, like, the, the toilets. Hulkster drinks. It was it was Hulkamania. And I'm just like, the fuck? And when Andre the Giant weighed 3 billion pounds, I lifted him up and I threw him down into the Earth's crust. And he went 20 miles down, brother. It's weird because they even kind of like, even Hulk there Hogan admits. There like, people in attendance, dude. Even Hulk Hogan admits he's like. Me and Andre weren't best friends. Like, we were, you know, we liked each other, but, like, they actually have his best friend in the documentary. <laughs> and they're still like, we should spend a little bit more. Like, his daughter's in the documentary, but they're like, we need to spend another 20 minutes on Hulk Hogan to explain the full did context they, of WrestleMania 3. Did they, get, did they get Arnold Schwarzenegger into the documentary? Because he knew Andre. He is in for literally one story. It's an interesting story. It's not one I had heard before, but it's he's in there and then he's gone. It's It's... It's a good documentary. It's weird the number of people. The it's weird the emphasis and where it's placed in certain. Gotcha. Ways. All right. All no, right. I have not watched it yet. I need. I need to. All right. Well, that's it then. I just wanted to bring up the fact. That All right. It's, cool. It's it's wacky. All right. Goodbye, everyone. Let's get it. Bye.